0: so quiet that it's been since May since he even dropped the top eight. So to, to really kind of, you know, come up with who the top four, or the top five are, like you could come up with an educated guess, but you, you, you really don't know who's going to have hats on the table necessarily this evening.
1: This is the type of recruitment where it wouldn't shock you, right, if there's just one hat on the table. I remember having that conversation about Michael Hawkins. You can probably say much the same thing about Nigel Smith because there has always always really ever since last july or august there has always been a great degree of separation between oklahoma and everybody
0: else i mean nice for fong to join the party by the way i mean crystal balls have been rolling in future cast all week long for for nigel smith and like he even said himself i think yesterday it's no secret that ou's led for this one for a while but on decision day he he finally he finally drops his prediction so i if you needed a if you needed a reason, I don't think that you did, but if you needed a reason to feel better, even better about OU's chances tonight, then I, I guess there you go. Steve Wiltfong uh, drops his prediction for OU. What, what's what's really to be excited about here when we're talking about this kid? We talk about the top 90 player nationally at a position of need, but what does Nigel Smith bring to the table that's maybe may very unique?
1: Yeah, well, I think with this guy, what you get is somebody that is going to be capable of, of playing both inside and outside at the next level. And the expectation from Oklahoma's side is that Nigel Smith is going to play defensive end. I've told this story before, but they brought him up for the spring game, told him to watch Rondell Bothroyd, and then told him, okay, that's you when you come to Oklahoma. So... The Sooners would like him to be a big bodied defensive end that's capable of setting the edge against the run and also providing some heat on the quarterback because he is dexterous and he is pretty advanced when it comes to his technique as a pass rusher. But he's also two hundred and seventy pounds and six foot five. So you almost look at him in the same vein as you looked at Isaiah Thomas back in the day, right? Where it doesn't really matter where you line this guy up. He's gonna make life miserable for whatever offensive lineman is tasked with keeping themselves between him and the quarterback
0: Uh, from the 832 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439 on this football Friday I see a top class for 2024 well like I said this is going to get OU to the number eight class according to 24-7 I'm sure they're not going to be that far behind on rivals A top-five class, can OU get to the top-five, Parker, if we're just talking about Danny Okoye, if we're talking about Michael Boganowski, if we're talking about Grant Bricks, like the main targets out there, can they get to the top-five with those, or do they need to flip Williams-Wenary to end up with a top-five class?
1: I think they can get to the top-five with those guys, but obviously what's really going to put you over the top What's going to make it such that you're probably not even encroaching upon top five territory, but top three territory is if you flip Williams Winery. So I think Grant Bricks is highly ranked enough. I think Michael Volkanovski is going to be highly ranked enough. I think Nigel Smith is enough of an addition in his own right that you're going to be in top five territory with or without Williams Winery. But if you manage to flip that kid at the very end, and I want to be clear, that could last all the way until February because he does not enroll until June, so he does not have to sign in December. That process could last Jeez. all the way until that's February, so we we might need. not be Get we high. might not be anywhere close <laughs> to the finish line with that Can kid. We handle that? So if oh. if you flip him though, you got a real good shot at a top three class.
0: Oh geez, that's yeah, that's that's what we need. Everyone else off the board, and just for like a month or month and a half, just talking about. Uh yeah oh boy Williams and Airy to finish off the uh, 2024 class yeah that'd be that that would be something for sure now again Nigel Smith is going to announce on uh, Instagram Live before the game tonight probably uh, around 7:15 and he's going to do it from his home stadium at Melissa Texas who I believe they're opening up that incredible facility that they just built tonight and I don't know if Melissa has traditionally been a high school football powerhouse in the state of Texas, but you got a top 100 player in Nigel Smith. I believe they're also recruiting one of Nigel Smith's teammates at Melissa for 2025. Is this about to be a a, a spot in the state of Texas that, that OU is going to get in on a regular basis? Like does Melissa have that much talent in their system? I,
1: Well, I would think that Melissa is well-positioned to be one of the programs that churns out P5 talents on a regular basis because it is on that burgeoning east-northeast side of DFW that just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger and more populous, and so... Nigel Smith is definitely the biggest name guy that Melissa has produced as a school to this point. But as you mentioned, Owen Hollenbeck, I fully expect that to be a blue chip kid, potential top 150 player in the class of 2025, already has an OU offer amongst several other big ones. They've got a kid committed to play tight end at Oregon on scholarship in the 2024 class in three-star athlete jackson ford so that's another kid going to play p5 ball Uh, they just sent a three-star to louisiana tech last cycle and in his very first collegiate game he had the game-winning touchdown for the bulldogs from the running back position and that was jacob fields a guy that oklahoma briefly looked at making a late run at. so there is talent there there will be talent there and certainly programs within that vicinity forney lovejoy uh Louisville could be thrown into that same category, uh, but definitely Melissa as well, Prosper. All the programs there in that particular region of DFW, Oklahoma's going to want to maintain strong relationships at.
0: Uh, okay, let's get back to the text line again. 405-651-3439. KW918, what are the differences or similarities between Nigel Smith compared to David Stone haven't had a chance to look at his film yet. Well, they, they're going to play a little bit different positions, I would say. First, yeah. Parker, um, but David Stone, what six four two seventy? Nigel Smith, six five two sixty. Not that they they can't use an off season with Schmitty before their freshman year, but just in terms of physically, like they're kind of they're they're ahead of the curve. They're they're kind of ready to go as they are right now, for for the most part, of course.
1: Yeah, both of those guys I would fully expect to play rotationally at the very least as true freshmen. They are not dudes that you're going to keep off the field for very long at all, especially when you consider how many graduating seniors there are on this Oklahoma roster right now on the defensive line. Just off the top of my head here, Rondell Bothroyd is done after this year. Marcus yep. Stripling is done after this year. Isaiah Coe, Jordan Kelly. Um, who else am I missing here? There are other defensive tackles. Uh, Phil, pa- I guess Phil Paya has another year. Uh, point being, you're going to lose quite a bit of critical mass there on the defensive line. And so you bring in two guys as talented as Nigel Smith and David Stone. They will contend for playing time immediately, and I do expect them to see the field quite a bit.
0: Looking uh, way too far ahead, I-, I-, I think the defensive line could have a really good year this year, but you just mentioned all the players that are leaving after the season. I think that there's a chance that that's our biggest question mark heading into year one of the SEC, just because you have to overhaul things a little bit with your starters. And I don't I don't think the D-line is bad next year, just just with the amount of starters that you lose. There's a chance that we're talking about D-line as one of the bigger question marks, if not the biggest, heading into the SEC. Pretty important position. I think that's that fair. As well.
1: I think that's fair, and... You know, one of the things that we've continually brought up about Oklahoma and the defensive line and the SEC is that if you want to be strutting into SEC play with a weakness, you want that weakness to be anywhere but the defensive trenches because you cannot afford to get pushed around at the point of attack defensively against SEC programs because that is a recipe for disaster. So David Stone, that is one of many reasons, and I know Rivals National Recruiting Analyst Cole Patterson here in the next few hours is coming out with a factor fiction piece that he solicited my assistance with, and the question he posed to me was, is David Stone the biggest win of the Brent Venables era on the recruiting trail for Oklahoma? And my answer was an unmitigated, unambiguous Yes, because <laughs> Easiest question you, needed ever. A hu- you needed a huge win on the recruiting trail as far as the defensive line is concerned as you headed into the SEC. And when you're mindful of the fact that it had been over a decade since a five-star defensive tackle suited up in the Crimson and Cream, as well as the fact that you're going to a league where you have to have elite play in the defensive trenches, yeah, David Stone is huge for this program. Nigel Smith will be huge for this program. And in a world where you're able to flip Williams, Winery, and or Dominic McKinley, gosh, they're just as big, if not bigger.
0: 405 to Tyler's question. Melissa has not been a traditional football power in Texas. It's one of those communities that's booming in North Texas. What are the new emerging powers? That's from Boomer S. So is Melissa the Bixby High School football program of the state of Texas? Is that, is that what we're gathering here? Is that a good comp? Eh, eh,
1: I don't know if I would call him Bixby because, uh, I, it, gosh, Bixby doesn't I mean, have. They haven't won like really over have,
0: 40 games in a row or anything, just like a new emerging power, I, I guess, is really what I'm comparing there.
1: Uh, whoo, who can I compare Bixby to in the state of Oklahoma? Or I'm sorry, uh, how about this? Melissa is Mustang. Melissa in Oklahoma high school football terms is Mustang. That That'd be fair? Interesting.
0: Uh, well, I'd just be interested to hear with the people of Melissa who they'd rather be. Would they be rather be compared to Mustang, or would they rather be compared to Bixby? I don't know. I mean, probably Bixby for how many. Yeah, you'd rather
1: games be compared to recently. Bixby than anybody.
0: Yeah, I just meant kind of the uh, the area and the town itself. How how they would feel about that? All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knippelmeier Chevrolet text line. I'm at Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club today at the Bob Stoops Golf Tournament. Bob is going to stop by at some point uh, during the show today, and which is always enjoyable. Love love talking with Bob every single week. Get to do it twice this week. And, Parker, I believe that you are at Don Sias Real Estate today. What's going on over there?
1: Yes, Dillard Size Real Estate out here in the Brookhaven area on the northwest side of Norman. So Dillard Size Real Estate uh, just took shape last year. The merger was in June of uh, 2022. It was a merger between Don Seiss Real Estate, which had been in existence since 1964, and the Dillard Group, which opened in 1989. So two longtime powers in the real estate market in the city of Norman merged to form one enormous, powerful coalition. We're talking Kevin Durant plus the Golden State Warriors type of deal here so this company brought together brokers from both of the previous companies to bring more than 60 years of experience in norman area real estate there are realtors with more than 40 years experience and several newer realtors looking forward to serving the central oklahoma area with great service for both sellers and buyers so whether you're a first time home buyer or have sold and bought several homes dillard size realtors can help you through the process with knowledge and experience so you know you'll get the best service in buying or selling the largest investment of your life
0: all right, what does the visitor list look like this weekend for the home game against SMU? We'll tell you that and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked right here you're on The Ref. for the home of Sooner fans.
2: When you're on the go, you can still get the best Sooner coverage on the Sports Talk 1400 app. Search Sports Talk 1400 in the app store on your favorite device. All the Sooner coverage you want. All the high school scores and updates you need when you need it. All on the Sports Talk 1400 app. Powered by OEC Fiber, OEC Fiber brings the power of high-speed fiber services right to the front door of your home or business. Find out more at OECFiber.com.
0: Locked in with Pacomas and live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Ref Army listening nationwide on this OEC Football Friday. Lakeville, Minnesota is tuned in. Mount Pleasant, Iowa. South Fork, Colorado. Friendswood, Texas. Lando Lakes, Florida. Wyndham, New Hampshire. Baxter, Tennessee. And our small Oklahoma town of the day, no big deal. They just have a Heisman Trophy there, Tuttle, Oklahoma. Appreciate everyone listening to our free app. Just search KREF in the App Store if you haven't downloaded our KREF app. Best way to get all of our pre- and post-game coverage coming tomorrow for OU and SMU as well. Ref Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door, the official garage door company of the Oklahoma Sooners. Okay, so we talked about Christian Thatcher, 2025 linebacker out of Vegas that will be in town tomorrow. In terms of 2024, do we have any major prospects in unofficially or officially for tomorrow's game?
1: Well, you have one official visitor. That would be three-star offensive line commit Josh Iasosa, who – committed without taking an OV because he didn't end up getting his OU offer until the first week of July after the dead period had already hit. So uh, he gets the red carpet treatment this weekend. He is the only official visitor for Oklahoma. As far as 2024 targets that are going to be in town, well, as I mentioned, I think the big one is well, – I, I, hmm, well, I need to choose my Uh-oh. words carefully here. uh there is a guy who will potentially be on campus tomorrow that if he is on campus will be the newest commit for the Oklahoma Sooners. So I, everybody kind of knows where I'm going with that, but uh, yeah, look, the 2024 board just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Devin Jordan, the four-star cornerback from Tulsi union. That's a guy that's going to be on campus for a visit. So I guess outside of the one that, is the one that will be committed by the time he shows up tomorrow. Uh, That's probably your highest profile 2024 visitor. Uh, You got a lot of guys in the 2025 class that are going to be showing up. Obviously the Carl Albert crew will be in town. Um, Alex Shieldnight, the edge rusher from Wagner, Oklahoma, he's going to be in town. Jalen Beckley and Lamont Rogers, two of the country's top offensive tackles in the 2025 class, they're both going to be in Norman. So it's a pretty good visitor list, but I think as with most visitor lists for the remainder of the 2023 season, It's going to be heavy on guys in the 2025 class that are uncommitted because there just isn't that much left to do in 24.
0: Yeah. I believe you even have a 26 visitor tomorrow. Uh, Caden Jones, Kiwan Jones' son, is uh, going to be at the Palace tomorrow. And I know there's already been predictions logged for Caden to be a part of uh, OU's 2026 class, which, you know, seeing who his dad is and how active his dad is on social media, still supporting OU, uh, that won't be a shock at all.
1: I'll give you another 2026 name. A quarterback who already has multiple Power 5 offers and is a candidate to be an OU offer in the class of 2026. You'll love this. You'll love this name, Tyler. You'll absolutely love this. Legend Bay.
0: Legend Bay? It's not spelled B A E, is it? <laughs> if it's spelled no, it's B A E,
1: it's B E Y.
0: Okay. Well, if it was B A E then the uh the NIL opportunities, we've already talked about him with Grant Bricks and David Stone, but that would be – still, Legend is your first name. That is – I do love that. That's fantastic. Jeez, dude, Levy at quarterback, if he's – if he were to get a 2026 kid, if he were to offer and get someone in the next six months, he's going to be like Emmett Jones and gets to take the next ten months off.
1: Yeah, no joke, man. Well, he's already gotten a good deal of time off since getting Kevin Sperry committed back in, what was that, April? So – Now's about the time where Oklahoma really starts trawling the waters, looking at sophomore tape and figuring out, okay, which 2026 quarterbacks do we need to start prioritizing? And Legend Bay is certainly a candidate.
0: I love that so much. Peyton says, You mean Danny Okoye is going to visit and commit tomorrow?
1: <laughs> if only. If only.
0: Uh, which, by the way, I did hear uh, Brennan Drum on with you guys last hour. The uh, Danny Okoye tweet yesterday, finna surprise y'all, with the uh, top three that he's going to drop. Sounded like Drum thinks that there's a chance a top three could be could be out in the next 72 hours. And yeah, which, okay, Danny Okoye, if it's not OU Texas and Tennessee, then yes, you're finna surprise me as well.
1: Yeah, well, uh, you're finna surprise me if any other school besides Oklahoma in that top three really matters here because the Sooners have a commanding lead coming out of that Mm -hmm. visit last weekend, and I I fully expect them to get Nanny Okoye's pledge.
0: Daniel Okonkumi has dropped a top five, 6'5", 300-pound offensive tackle from London, England. I know, man. Like, I saw, okay, that's great, top five. He kind of feels like we know where you're leaning right now, Daniel. Um, Clemson, Miami, OU, Ole Miss, and Baylor. L- can we just say the number one player in Europe every time we talk about Daniel auken Sure, because by that, all that means. That sounds great. The number one player in Europe, Daniel Auken-Kumi, drops the top five. And I kind of heard you, 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 you smirk a little bit there, and, and I did the same thing. It's like, oh, okay, well, it's that's, that's going to be OU most likely.
1: Yeah, uh, you want to talk about a top five where really no other school matters. By the time he commits on the 12th of October, he will have visited two of those schools, Tyler. He will have visited Oklahoma. He will have visited Baylor. So you tell me.
0: A guy that promised a case of Olipop to Tyler and Parker if Caden Durham doesn't sign with LSU just wants to know what's going on with Bricks. And I don't necessarily hate this, but we are getting to the point now in this recruiting cycle, there was a time where it was just, hey, What's going on with David Stone, regardless of the day and regardless of the news cycle, right? Uh, now we're here with Grant Bricks as the player that most people want to hear about. So we talked about him yesterday. Is Grant Bricks going to be anywhere officially, unofficially this weekend? What's what's going on with the, the big O tackle from Iowa?
1: Yeah, uh, what's going on with Grant Bricks? Well, nothing's going on, and it's it's kind of become – I, I don't want to say infuriating because that's the wrong word, but it's starting to kind of grind some gears down in the Oklahoma camp. And not not to say they're mad at the kid. They're not. They're just like, okay, like, what are we waiting on at this point? OU Nebraska? Like, Is this really what it's going to come down to, the Sooners and the Huskers? Because naturally, Tyler, anybody that looks at the difference in prestige and competitive, well, everything between those two schools right now would say, okay. Oklahoma is simply operating on a different level than Nebraska, a much higher level. So Nebraska's really only in this because of proximity. That's what it amounts to. So at at this point, Oklahoma's just fighting that battle, trying to get Bricks to be okay with venturing outside of his comfort zone and making the commitment to Oklahoma and being willing to go seven hours away for college and – They've been so close for six weeks now. They've been so close to breaking through with that kid, and it just hasn't happened yet. So, look, he's really just waiting until it feels right. And I, kind of like Michael Boganowski, it's when you can't really put a clock on. Like, when does the kid wake up and decide, okay, this is where I want to go to school? I don't know.
0: Kyler and Jinx says, if we get everyone we have left on our board, where would that land us in the class rankings? Well, by the time eight PM hits tonight, you're going to be the number eight ranked class, number eight class. And I'm not counting when Nary here since he's already committed. But uncommitted players left on your board, what would you think? Five, six? If you got everyone left,
1: I would say, okay, you have 21 commits right now. You land Nigel tonight, that's 22. 22 scholarship commits. I mean, you throw in sure. Andy Bass and Bergen Kaiser, uh, you got 24 nationally ranked guys in your class, but 22 on scholarship. Uh, beyond that, I would say they get Okoye, they get Devin Jordan, they get Michael Boganowski. That brings them to 25. And I would tack on Grant Bricks, Daniel Akincumi, and is that it at that point? Like, Would I, would I give anybody else to Oklahoma? That's, I would say that has the potential to be it. So you're looking at 27 minimum, I think. And then, if you throw in a guy like Eddie Pierre Louis, then okay, you could run it up to twenty-eight or twenty-nine if uh, you're successful in flipping Winnery at the end.
0: Yeah, well, it's 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 going to be top ten, and I, I think it's going to be top eight if they uh, really do a nice job here down the stretch. And if they uh, continue to win football games, play good defense, look good on offense, I don't have any reason. I mean, they're 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 going to do a really nice job here down the stretch. That's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, 405-651-3439 is the Knieplemeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit more OU football recruiting. I I do have a question for the text line with Nigel Smith deciding tonight. And it looks like OU is going to get a top 90 player on the defensive line. Remember all the way back in January when we talked about the possibilities of, Hey guys, It looks like this is setting up nicely for OU. This could be one of, if not the best D-line hauls that you've gotten in quite some time. How's that take all the way back in January looking right now? Now that you have David Stone, Jaden Jackson, Wyatt Gilmore, you're about to get Nigel Smith. Like, Where's everyone at right now with what we initially thought this defensive line class could be and what it's probably going to look like at 7.30 p.m. tonight? We'll get to those responses and more OU football recruiting coming up next right here on The Ref.
2: The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510.
0: Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the Ref. We are the Homestuiter fans on this OEC Football Friday. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune getting you ready for the, uh, it's not a big recruiting weekend, not a huge recruiting weekend for 2024, but... You do have some uh, visitors coming into town this weekend. It is a massive recruiting weekend for Alabama, I'll tell you that much, which shouldn't be much of a surprise with the entire country watching that game in Tuscaloosa tonight. But Rivals has a story out, Parker, of the uh, ten biggest visits this weekend, and I think Alabama has like seven of them. Five-star Terry Bussey is going to be there. Uh, Aaron Hampton, a Texas commit, is going to be there. Um, K.J. Lacey is going to be there. Julian Lewis is going to be there. Like, uh, Jakeem Stewart is going to be there. They have a ton of big-time visitors there. there. There are a couple of interesting visitors across the country. I see that Colin Simmons, Texas commit, is going to LSU. Does Texas have anything to worry about there, or is he just going to Baton Rouge with with his buddy Caden Durham? <laughs>
1: Yes, Texas has something to worry about Good. until that kid puts pen to paper because what Good. like what did we talk about with Colin Simmons back when that commitment was made?
0: Uh Texas is gonna have to sweat that one out for a while, is that what we said?
1: Well, and it, it was it was about the bag. And when it's about the bag, you can't count on a kid actually signing with your school until the kid actually signs with your school. So, yeah, Texas has Colin Simmons committed and that's great for them right now. But until national signing day, trust me, uh, you should not take that commitment from Colin Simmons to the bank.
0: Five-star wide receiver Micah Hudson it will also well, not also. He will be at Texas Tech where for the uh, Tech Oregon game, Tech's been waiting a few months to lock up that commitment, but then there was A&M buzz, apparently there's Texas rumors once again. Uh, Yeah, Tech needs a a big-time weekend. A win over Oregon wouldn't hurt to try and finally get Micah Hudson committed, but I look at that one, Parker. You know, he may commit to Tech this weekend. That's great, but I think that one's probably going all the way down to signing day.
1: Well, I'll tell you this much. He's not committing to Tech this week. Uh, He will not commit until signing day. That much I know. That is not a recruitment that will end until it's time to fax in that letter of intent and until then he's not going to bother making a commitment to a school that may or may not stick there's a reason he hasn't committed to texas tech and i think that reason was kind of validated last week based on what happened up in laramie wyoming so yeah that's one that's everybody everybody that's in pursuit of micah hudson is going to be in a dog fight to get him in their class all the way until the so final So what are you saying?
0: Is. He doesn't believe uh, in Joey Maguire saying uh, everything runs through Lubbock in this conference? He's he's not buying it? Uh, is anyone buying that? No, uh-uh, no. I don't, I don't even know if Joey McGuire is buying it once he said it. Big 12 runs through Lubbock. Might want to get through Laramie, Wyoming first. Might want to do that <laughs> first. That might be a pretty good start. No, I asked going into the break. Um, look, it's all signs are pointing towards Nigel Smith picking OU tonight. So what we originally thought this defensive line class could be, how do we think about it now, sitting here on September 8th, especially when all these predictions have been rolling in this week for Danny Okoye um, from the seven one two. Sadly, most of these doomers will consider this a loss without Williams Winery, but it's literally the best class I can remember by composites. That is from seven one two sooner. Are there some doomers out there that's going to consider this defensive line class a, a failure? I mean, I, I'll never doubt a doomer well, in saying that, but I—it's I, not how I look at it.
1: Yeah, I, I would hope not. I would hope. I would hope we're all more rational than that. Because is it as good as it could have been? Any way you slice it, no, it's not, because you're not going to – well, I say not as if it's definitive. You're probably not going to flip both Williams Winery and Dominic McKinley. And it would take both of those guys for this class to be everything that it could possibly have been on paper. But even if you don't flip Winery, you're looking at a class that includes David Stone, your first five-star defensive tackle in 15 years, a class that includes Nigel Smith, another top 100 defensive lineman, a class that will probably include Daniel Koye, who's going to push for top 100 status. And then you throw in another couple of hard-nosed dudes that can get after the quarterback and stuff the run, and Wyatt Gilmore at defensive end, and Jaden Jackson at defensive tackle. This is an outstanding defensive line class, with or without Williams Winery.
0: 405, do you predict OU ends up with a higher-ranked class than Texas? So here's how it's going to look tonight. OU's going to be at 8.0. Texas is going to be at 17, so OU's going to have a little bit of a gap there. And not that OU doesn't have targets left, they do, but Texas has, what, Kobe Black still out there, Micah Hudson yeah. still out there. That's that's. I think that one's going to end up being really close.
1: It will be tight. I would give the edge to Oklahoma pending the outcome of the Micah Hudson recruitment. I think it is as simple as if Texas gets Micah Hudson, they're higher ranked than OU, If Texas doesn't get Micah Hudson, OU is higher ranked.
0: Ron Nolita, let's say we flip williams Winnery, but not Dominic McKinley. Of the edge players, including Wenaire, Smith, Okoye, and Wyatt Gilmore, who would have the best chance to play inside as well?
1: Best chance to play inside? Mm, Probably Nigel Smith.
0: Yeah, I mean I'd, the, the I'd, measurables I'd just... would make you think that that's probably the case out of that group.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at Smith and you look at Gilmore, those are both guys that have the frame to pack off enough weight or to pack on enough weight where you could slide them inside. But the plan is to play both of those guys at defensive end, and plans can certainly change, and plans do change. But Oklahoma sees Smith as a defensive end; they see Gilmore as a defensive end
0: right now. 405 so nine and a half out of ten 10 of 10 if we get Williams Win talking about this defensive line class I am uh yeah, you, you yeah get that's a Nigel, good way of thinking about it you get Nigel Smith and you get Danny Okoye. I I'm at least at a nine here and I, I mean, especially if you want to compare it to previous defensive line hauls that we've seen hell I mean it's a 10 it's it's the best one they've gotten in quite some time so get Smith and Okoye. It's at least a nine, and I think anything after that is 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 a bonus. And the bonus that you get is probably going to be that in the form of a five star, which would uh, make you make you even happier. Uh, Eight oh five says, so why was it okay for Texas to play Alabama, but OU had to cancel the series with uh, Tennessee and Georgia? Well, because Texas was able to play Alabama last year, and then return that home and home in their final year of the Big 12. This was going to be the first leg of the home-and-home home with OU and Georgia. I still think that, you know, maybe you could have figured it out. I, I don't know. I mean, you're looking for an answer. That's why. Like, I wish OU was playing Georgia tomorrow. I do. But if you're looking for the reason, like, Texas and Alabama could finish the home-and-home home, uh, before before Texas bolts to the SEC. That's, that's the reason why. But, yeah, it would be – think about the recruiting weekend. Well, I, I say that um, – like because you have so many players already committed, I wonder what a recruiting weekend tomorrow would have looked like if you had Georgia coming into town. Would it have been more of an emphasis on the 25 class than it would have been on the 24 class.
1: Man, I, that Georgia. Well, you think about we're talking we're talking about this SMU game being a barometer for Oklahoma. Imagine how much of a barometer that Georgia game would be if that had stayed on the schedule gosh, we would have learned a lot about Oklahoma football and the growth from 2022 to 2023 if they were facing off with the Bulldogs tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would be that'd be the true measuring stick game. Like, where, where are you at right now? How SEC ready are you really? About to find out. Uh, one more before we hit a break. As long as we beat USC in recruiting, I'm happy. Now, it's a little bit more difficult with OU and Texas, who's going to finish higher. There's still so much left out there for both teams. I feel I feel very good. Very confident that OU is going to finish higher than USC in this recruiting class. Now, SC only has 15 commits currently. They don't have any 5-stars. They're currently ranked 18th, and I know that they still have some few targets out there, but I don't know, Parker. I, I don't I don't know if USC finishes in the top 10 in this class. They they got to get moving if that's going to be the case.
2: Yeah, I
1: and they can get moving like it, with the three months that are ahead of us, with how much football is going to take place, with how much opportunity there's going to be for every single program across the country to prove that they belong in the spotlight and that they're a better program than they have been in years past or a better program than they were in 2022. There are a lot of, are going to be a lot of moving parts and NIL also is an understandable facet of all of that. But You're not leaving anybody for dead because they're not recruiting well in early September. There is room to turn things around. There will be room to turn things around. But where you would like to be as a program right now is where Georgia and Ohio State and a couple others are sitting, which is to say that you're A, playing really well, B, you've been playing really well, and C, you've got a bunch of early commits that don't seem to be going anywhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right, I'm at the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club right here in Norman. Perfect place to be on a football friday bob stoops going to join us at some point today during the rush what's going on where uh, you're at today parker
1: yeah so i'm out here at dillard size real estate out here at brookhaven uh, dillard size uh, took shape in june of 2022 after a merger between don size real estate and the dillard group real estate companies so uh, stop out by Dillard Sice if you're looking to get unparalleled experience when it comes to the real estate market. This company brought together brokers from both of the previous companies to bring more than 60 years of experience in Norman area real estate. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or have sold and bought several homes, Dillard Size Realtors can help you through the process with knowledge and experience. You know you'll get the best service in buying or selling your home at Dillard
2: Sice.
0: Meyer Chevrolet text line. Final segment of Locked In. Coming up next right here on The Ref.
2: This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
0: Final segment, Locked In with Macoma Safoon on this OEC Football Friday. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno is bringing you this hour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated Established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. Their low-pressure environment creates an enjoyable experience for everyone, and their sales staff is knowledgeable and eager to assist you before and after the buying process. That's Dorsey Jones Buick GMC. Want to remind you on this Friday night, we've got several high school football games across the state on krefsports.tv. Again, that's TV on your uh, on your phone on your laptop on your iPad several ways to get uh, what I think eight high school football games tonight including Edmund Santa Fe and Norman North one of the bigger games in 6A1 and I want to bring in David Ash real quick not the David Ash that used to play at Texas different guy last name spelled differently but David works for uh, us at the ref he does a really really good job especially on the high school side. David, you were a part of that Edmund Santa Fe broadcast. The Wolves went up and beat Jinx a couple of weeks ago. I'm curious what you thought of Josh Iasosa and Bergen Kaiser's uh, season so far, who are both OU commits.
3: Man, well, guys, thanks for, for having me on here. And it's been a lot of fun covering uh, Santa Fe. Covered them last year uh, when they really struggled, went 1-9. and nine. But as you just mentioned, played Jinx this past, or I guess two weeks ago now, and uh, won that 27-26. And, man, what a game it was. And talk about the two guys that you just mentioned, Josh Isosa on the uh, left tackle position on the front line, and then Bergen Kaiser, who uh, – Mainly plays defensively, defensive line. Also plays uh, sometimes the tight end position for the Wolves. Man, uh, if you watch that game, and folks, I encourage you to watch tonight if you're interested in seeing these two guys, whoo, they, uh, they've got some talent. And, uh, Isosa on the front line. Uh, Demarius Robinson, the running back for the Wolves, a uh, pretty talented young in, young Man, man. Uh, had three touchdowns last week and all part of that left side where he ran right through the hole that uh, Isosa created. So a uh, heck of a presence on the front line for him. And then Bergen Kaiser, really, really excited about this guy. I talked to him at our coaches shows that we host on Wednesday nights. Uh, man, Bergen-Kaiser, defensively a stud, uh, blocked not only uh, the game-winning field goal that Jinx had there at the end of the game, but also tipped a pass, had a couple of sacks, um, and then, as I said, that tipped pass led to an interception. This Santa Fe team really is a, uh, a different team than they were last year, that 1-9 record. Uh, a lot of fun to watch and would encourage all of you to tune in here across all of our games, if not this Santa Fe one tonight. All of them are sponsored on krefsports.tv.
0: There you go. There's David Ash. Appreciate that, David. Um, you've got Seth McGowan. Anyone remember Seth McGowan? Yeah, you, you, you do. <laughs> he is visiting KU tonight for the uh, KU Illinois game, and then Gabe Sawchuk. Not Gavin Sawchuk. Gabe Sawchuk is uh, visiting Colorado this weekend for that CU Nebraska game. So we haven't really heard much on the OU front for Gabe Sawchuk, when I think he's rated as a. I think he's rated as a three-star right now. Is OU at all involved in Gabe Sawchuk, or is he maybe a Colorado lean at this point?
1: Well, expect that if Oklahoma does make a legitimate push for Gabe Sawchuk, it will be on one of those PWO NIL type scholarships. And that very much is a possibility from what I've been told, but obviously with... Two running backs committed on scholarship in Taylor Tatum and Xavier Robinson, and then Andy Bass being an PWo guy that is going to be a real good football player in his own right at the next level. Uh, Gabe Sawchuck is not going to get a scholarship at Oklahoma, I can tell you that
0: much. Yeah, well, and it's also a big weekend for Ronnie Crimson. I believe he told us yesterday if OU has another elite defensive performance against SMU, then he is going to choose to uh, chase Williams-Wenary with a tweet every single day. So big weekend, big weekend for Ronnie Crimson as he uh, tries to stay perfect on uh, social media for the uh, for the recruits that he tweets every single day. All right, the uh, the rush is coming up next, 405 651 Keep the text coming on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. You guys know what we're doing for the next three hours. OUSMU, we'll talk Colorado, Nebraska, Texas, Alabama, all college football for the next three hours. Keep it locked right here on The Ref for the Homeless Sooner fans.